0: Thank you God. Lord God we just thank you that wherever, wherever we go on this earth that Lord we find brothers and sisters in Christ who know that you are our saviour that Lord God you are the God who reigns in heaven you are the creator God who will judge the living and the dead and Lord God through Jesus Christ through your death and resurrection we have hope and life for eternity and God we just want to say thank you to you this morning we want to praise you we want to declare to the world the hope that we have in You. And we just want to say thank You, Lord. We don't come for the blessings. We don't come for what You can do for us. We just come to say thank You this morning. And Lord God, I just pray that You would help us to not just sing the words, but to truly be still and know that You are in control, that You are God who reigns in heaven. And God, I just pray this morning that You would speak to our hearts, that Lord, You would encourage each one that, Lord, for this year ahead, that you would speak to us and give us wisdom as, the, as we make decisions and choices as we go about our week, Lord God, that you would speak to us by your Spirit. We thank you that you have sent your Holy Spirit to empower us and to fill us and to lead us. And we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for your Word. And just to speak to our hearts this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good to be back in church here in Colac. I mean, we had a, a great time away on holidays. We joined in with a church in uh, Warrnambool called Cadinia. had a great time there, and uh, and uh, but it's good to be back. And, and amongst family, I was we were talking. Was it last night? Yeah, last night. I was saying good night to the kids, and they're like, it "Feels like ages since we've been with our with our church." And I love the way they said it. It's like with our church. It's like you're our family, you're our church family, and it's so good to be back and to join with our church family, our brothers and sisters in Christ, here in Colac, and uh, I hope you've had a great start to the new year. Happy new year, for anyone who I ha- haven't seen and said happy new year to already. Um, praise God, every day is a new day with God, amen? His mercies are new every day, so if you've mucked up the new year already, praise be to God that today's a new day already, amen? And all those who are really excited, we go, oh, what have you been up to? No, just kidding, sorry, <laughs> that was sarcasm, no. Anyway, are you awake? Is anyone too cold? There's a like few that are too cold. I was getting a little cold and I want you to be awake. Like if you're too hot, it can sometimes be a little hard. But if you're freezing and you're shaking, I might think it's the power of God or I might just think you're cold. Um, maybe if we can turn the air con up or down do you say? But anyway.
1: <laughs>
0: anyway, we've had a great time away on holidays. Can you hear me okay? I feel a little bit quieter than normal. But that's all right. Uh, we had a great time away on holidays, and one of the things that's become almost a ret- tradition for us is we've met a few other families um, where we camp in, in Port Ferry, and, and we meet up and we we play board games, and we uh, do all sorts of fun things together, but um, we talk about the year that's been, and we talk about what's been the highlight of the year that's been, and normally, in fact, I don't think this year we got around to it, but uh, we normally talk about our goals for the year ahead, and I wonder... Even as I was thinking about that, I wonder what goals you've got for 2019. Has anyone got some goals? Hands up if you've, you've set a goal. You've, you're saying, yep, I've got a goal for 2019. I wonder what goals we might have. This morning, as we think about maybe what goals we're, we're setting for the year ahead, what, what goals we have in mind, I feel like God's put a word on my heart for us to consider as we think about those things, as we consider what things we're pursuing in this year ahead. I believe God's put a word on my heart that would be a check for us as we think about those goals. And I just want to pray now as we open God's word. And Lord, I ask that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, where we have already set goals and you're wanting to fine-tune those things, Lord, I just pray that we would have a willingness, and openness in our heart to what your Spirit is saying to us this morning. Lord God, for if any of us are feeling just totally uh, Lost in a sense and directionless, or maybe totally unsure which way to go. That Lord, you would bring a stirring, a, a prompting by your Spirit, a, a, a moving, a, a direction for us, Lord God. That we would not be people who are uh, lost and without a, a purpose. But Lord, you would stir things within us this morning. That Lord, you would cause us to know that the true way forward for us, I pray, in Jesus' name this morning. Amen. If you've got your Bibles there, I encourage you to open up to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to read from verse 21. Thank you, Lord. Who knows God's Word is good? God's Word is alive, It is powerful, and I encourage you to open it up every day. If you can't open it every day... Do it every other day and spend time in God's Word. It's, it's, I know when I was working at the, at the pool and I started work at um, 5.30 in the morning and I was getting up at like, I, I tried to make it 5 o'clock because I hated seeing 4 o'clock on the alarm clock, but I, I would sometimes just open my Bible just to read a verse of Scripture. And I found that just opening the Bible and reading one verse in the morning just awakened me to who God is and, who, and, and His power and His, and His will for my life. Um, and now, I don't encourage you just to always read one verse, but to study God's Word, to open it, and if you don't have a Bible reading plan, I encourage you to grab a copy of the CFC Bible reading plan, and and join along as we read together in the Bible. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 to 28. This is straight after, um, you're going to start reading that if I put that up, Uh, it's just straight after Jesus has asked Peter, who do you say that I am? <clears throat> and Peter says, you are the Messiah. And, and Jesus says, fantastic, Yep." Yeah, and upon this rock I'll build my church. And they've had that revelation of who Jesus is. And it says in verse 21, From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem, and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. And some of you are thinking, wow, where are you going with this, Andrew? What's 2019 going to be like? <laughs> it says, he would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. But Je- Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. You know, Jesus knew his goal on this earth. Jesus knew that he had come to seek and save the lost. Jesus knew that he came to be the ransom, the sacrifice for sin, that all people could be set free from sin for eternity. Jesus knew his purpose. He knew that he was going to have to die, that he was going to be accused, that he was going to be judged harshly, that he was going to be mistreated. He would die. But then three days later, he would rise again. Jesus knew his goal. But then this other voice speaks up. It's like, hey, Jesus, how dare you say that? You can't die. You're going to be our Messiah. And Peter's probably thinking, you're going to become our our great Messiah leader, and you're going to read a a rebellion against Rome, and we're going to conquer this place again, and we're going to have prosperity in the land. But Jesus says to Peter, well, he doesn't say Peter, he says, hey, Satan, get away from me. I wonder if you've ever known what you are meant to do. Maybe it's something in God, maybe it's just something practically that you've known how to do something, but then another voice speaks up saying, that's not how you're supposed to do it. Or, You shouldn't be doing it that way. You're supposed to do it this way. And it might be something you've done a thousand times before. It might be a really simple thing that you know how to do. Maybe it's on the computer and someone says, you don't do it that way, or uh, it's just a practical thing. You're thinking, I know how to do this. But then there's another voice speaks up. And suddenly there's doubt. There's confusion. There's a little bit of, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've got this wrong. Maybe there's discouragement in that. Maybe there's, 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 there's discouragement, there's distraction, And if we listen to that other voice, we can get hugely discouraged. But Jesus recognises his goal, he knows his goal, and recognises that voice is not of God, and he says, get away from me, Satan, and pursues his goal. He doesn't let it distract him from the goal that God has for him. Jesus knew his goal, and we need to know our goal we need to know why we exist on this earth we need to know why why we do what we do we need to know who we are in christ and know how to live out that plan for our lives now we are not jesus i get things wrong sometimes and i'm pretty sure most of you probably at some point have got things wrong at times and we need to be careful not to think that we are god and know all things We can get things wrong, but it's a fine balance between knowing, this is what God has called me to do, and not being distracted by other voices, but also listening to other voices of godly wisdom. Do you hear that tension? There's a a fine line between saying, okay, I know this is what God's called me to, and I'm going to do it. And even when other people sort of say, oh, I don't know if you can do that, we know God's called us to it, and we step into it. But there is also a place of of hearing godly wisdom and, and being open to hearing what other godly people will say into our lives, in your life groups, as you pray with one another, that God might speak some wisdom from someone else. Let's not be shut off to other people's interpretation of what God might be saying to us. We need to know our goal. And I'm not saying that you need to know, okay, 2019, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. It's not, we need to know a clear picture of what we are going to achieve in 2019. I'm not saying we need to have that. Some of us love those kind of goals, and some of us detest those kind of goals. I just want to acknowledge that, that's okay. But we need to know why we are living this year of 2019, why we do what we do and why we exist on this earth. Jesus warns Peter in verse 23, He says, You're seeing things from a human perspective and not from God's perspective. What perspective are we looking from? You know, has has anyone ever walked in someone else's shoes? No, we can't do it. Can we ever fully see from God's perspective? I think the Holy Spirit can lead us to see things from His perspective, but it's a constant battle for us to not just see things from a human perspective. And he goes on and he says if anyone wants to follow me in other words if our goal is to honor God if our life is to to be for the glory of God if we want to be followers of Jesus and truly be his church if our goal is to honor God we must turn from selfish ways we can no longer live for our own pleasure and just to satisfy our own sinful desires We've, we've turned away from those things. We've repented of our sin and living for ourselves as our own king, our own boss. We've turned away from that. We've turned to follow Jesus. If you're a, a believer, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, that's what we have done. We've turned away from selfish ways. Just coming back to that question, why do we do what we do? After we got back from holidays, um, you know that really hard day when you've been just enjoying the beach, and going for bike rides, and, and eating ice creams, and actually in Port Ferry, it's, it's, a, it's just God's blessing. The first time we went there, I thought, God, you have provided a haven for me. There's a bakery van that drives around the caravan park, and it pulls up out of the front of our campsite, and I think, God, you are amazing, your provision is wonderful, so you might have been enjoying all these wonderful things, but it's that day you come home and you have to return to work and doing the, the routine things that you do. And as I uh, got up and got ready to come, to, come over to... to uh, you know, I don't even like calling my job work. I don't like that. It's, it's not work. It's a pleasure to do what I do for God. But as I said, oh, I've got to go to work today, guys, the kids are like, oh, Dad, do you have to go to work It's like, why do you have to go to work, Dad? I'm thinking, yeah, I'd love to stay home and play Lego as well. But I want to go to work because I have to go to work. I want to go to work because I want to help people know about Jesus. I want to help people know about God. I want to help people know who He is and what He's done for them and how they can have life in Him. I kind of heard the response of the kids, like, yeah, okay. It's like, we'll go play. You go to work. (laughs) But you know, if I had have never become a pastor, if I had have stayed a lifeguard as I used to be 15 years ago, whatever it was, if I had have stayed a lifeguard or if I had have continued as a cyclist, if I had have pursued my teenage dream of becoming a graphic designer, you know, my, my, my purpose in going to work would not have changed. My, my desire as I went to work as a lifeguard, my desire to go, as, I, as I went out training as a cyclist and as I pursued that goal, that dream for a time, My goal in those things, that those who I met, those who I came in contact with, that through the things that I did, that God would use my life in some way to show people the love of God. That as we go to work in whatever we do, you might be a truck driver, a a teacher, whatever you do, every one of us can live and go to work and do the things we do all for the glory of God. I love the passages in the Bible that talk about how he says, he says, live a quiet life and work with your hands and let people see the honourable way you live and they'll respect you and, and want to know the hope that you have. And it's such a pleasure and a, a joy as we just do the simple things we do. We go shopping, we, we, we go on holidays, we go to work. As we live a life that honours God, people notice a difference. And let's be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have. Let's give a, be ready to explain why we live the way we live. As Ed said, there, there, there is many gods in this world, but we ch- serve the true and living God who, who saves our souls, the one who gives us hope for eternity. Let's turn from selfish ways. Let's live this life for the glory of God. He says we must take up our cross You know, Jesus' cross was made of wood and it was heavy and hard to carry. I wonder what your cross is made of. It's not always easy to live the life that God has planned for us. It's not always easy to do the things that God has called for us. In the world we live in today, we have such a consumerist world that if we don't like something, we just look for another brand and another job and we just move and change and find whatever's nice and comfortable and suits us so, so often. There is no loyalty to brands or, or any particular thing, it's just, I'll just do what makes me feel good. God help us not to take on that mentality when it comes for living for God. You know, sometimes the call of God is hard, sometimes the call of God is heavy, there is a weight to carrying your cross to be totally honest this week as i prepared this message i was aware yesterday was michael's birthday and i was like right i'm gonna have this message done by friday it's gonna be locked away i'm gonna be ready and it's gonna be all good i'm just gonna be able to relax and, and he's looking at me like i know what you mean coxie and he ever prepared a message to preach sometimes it's hard and you, 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 it's a pleasure it's a privilege to study the word of god and and seek god for a word to share with his church with his people but I was just pulling my hair out saying, God, why don't you help me see what it is you're supposed to, you want me to say? Now, praise God, he did. But it wasn't on my timeline, it was on his. It's kind of like his start of the year reminder, I think. (laughs) Sometimes the cross is heavy. You know, I've heard people say, and there is a time to serve in particular areas and there's a time to move on. But sometimes we can... Serving is not always easy. And I want to encourage you to be a part of the family of God by serving. And I want to encourage you that even if it's hard sometimes, God has still called us to serve one another in love. And it might not be a specific call to a particular thing to serve in, but God wants us all to take up our cross and work for the, for the good of His body, to encourage others to, to bless the body And it's not always easy sometimes it's it's a it's a thing to find our joy in and we don't naturally have our joy come immediately but if our goal is to honor god we must put away selfish ways take up our cross and thirdly we must follow him you know i I love the fact that even though it can be hard at times even though there is a weight to the cross that we carry in living for god God is a good shepherd. I love Psalm 23. Psalm 23 has, has had a special place in my life over many years. And, you know, it says, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though we walk through dark valleys, even though we go through those things, God is with us. And we have enemies that come against us at times, but it says He prepares a feast for us in the presence of our enemies. And you know what? It's not even just all bad news that He goes through us with. He leads us to green meadows. He gives us rest beside green meadows. He leads us beside peaceful streams. And it says He renews our strength. God gives rest to those He loves. I'm sure I've said it before, but some of you may not have heard. I used to hate sleep. I thought it was such a stupid waste of time. There's so much stuff I wanted to do. It's like, why do I have to sleep? This is so stupid. God, give me strength to run every day without sleeping. And then I got glandular fever and said, thank you, God, for sleep. And as I had that revelation, God miraculously raised me up from that, and I I learned that rest is good. I have learned to enjoy rest. And as I lie in my bed, I say, oh, God, thank you for this moment. Let it never end. God gives rest to those He loves. And I want to suggest to you this morning that it's more than possible. It is more than possible that we get tired, weary, and heavy laden, as it says in Matthew 11. We get overstretched, we get overwhelmed, we get anxious and tired and even depressed about life sometimes because we go after more than God has ever called us to. And I could even say maybe we get discouraged, we get overtired, we get worn out because we're going after things that God has never wanted us to pursue. We need to know what God has called us to and what He is saying no to. Do we really need that extra shift? Do we really need that extra car? Do we really need that extra Beyblade? Kids... Do we really need that thing that we're striving and striving and working harder and harder and harder for? Or is God saying, no, just stop and enjoy all that I have given you? Is it possible that the reason we're so tired and weary and heavy laden is that we're taking on things, even the responsibilities that God has never asked us to be responsible for? You know, you are not the saviour of any person. God wants to use you to share the love of God with people, but we cannot be responsible for people's decisions. I feel like God has given me a grace in in school chaplaincy and and just in in life that and to encourage you, his church, to, to be a witness to every person that God gives you opportunity, but to entrust God with the results. We cannot be a rescuer that thinks that we can rescue people by our works. It's not by our might or by power. It's by the Spirit of God that works in the heart of men and women. And we need to know that we cannot be responsible. We cannot make ourselves responsible for someone else. Let's be faithful in the little things that God calls us to do and say and take every opportunity that God gives us. But don't drive yourself into the ground and get discouraged and and all worked up thinking, I've got to do more. I've got to do more. When God isn't calling you to do that extra. If God tells you to go that extra mile, go the extra mile. But when God says, stop, rest, trust me, we need to stop and rest and trust him. Verse 26, Jesus says, what do we benefit if we gain the whole world but lose our own soul? The sad reality is that even though we have all been made in the image of God, we all have a soul that will live on for eternity we will not all have life in eternity. In uh, Luke chapter 16, it talks about Lazarus and the rich man. Jesus talks about this, this poor man, Lazarus, who has nothing in this life. And this rich man who has every pleasure he could want in this life. But then they both die and Lazarus goes to heaven to be with God. And, and this rich man in the place of the dead, it says, cries out and says, please... Let Lazarus come and just dip his finger in the water to cool my tongue because these flames of fire are so hot. And God says no one can cross over from the place of life to the place of the dead and from the place of the dead to the place of life, it's too late. What do we gain if we gain the whole world but lose our own soul? There is only one way to the Father, and that is Jesus Christ. He is the only way to be saved. He is the only one that can rescue us from sin. He has done it all. But we need to humble ourselves and, and confess our sin and know that He is faithful and just to forgive us and that anyone who calls on His name and, and acknowledges Him as their Lord and Saviour will be saved. But if we refuse to acknowledge Him on this earth, we will be separated from Him for eternity and that is hell. You know, even in this life, we can be alive and not truly living. I wonder if you've ever had a day when you've been alive, but not truly living the way God has had for you. In the story of the prodigal son, the father rejoices. It says, when the son comes home, he says, that the father rejoices and says, my son was dead, but now he is alive. We can live this life and and chase after things and, and fill our lives with so many different things that isn't really living the way God has intended for us. It's not life to us. Some things we can pursue are death to us. You know, even as Christians, we can fill our lives with things, with stuff that doesn't bring life to us that even as christians as people who know jesus is our savior we can fill our lives with things that are not god's plan for us and that actually take away the life that god wants for us we can fill our life with work or pleasure even good things we can pursue good things that aren't god's things for us and i want to ask you what are the good things you're pursuing that god is not calling you to What are the God things that He's calling you to? saying, yes, pursue that, go after that, do that thing. Go after that thing. Let's live the life that God has for us here on this earth in 2019. As we think about the goals that God has for us, I want to read this verse in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. It says, Jesus said, "'Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest.'" I think sometimes we celebrate there and we go, woo we come to God, He's going to give us rest. We, we, we run off and go, woo we've got rest in Jesus. And we, ne- we forget about the next part. He says, take my yoke upon you. It's almost as we, as we're running off going, woo, God's given us rest. He's like, but take my yoke upon you. It's like, please, listen to that. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Let's not wait until we are weighed down and, and need rescuing in 2019. Let's not wait till we're tired and weary and feel like we can't go another step and then say, God, I'm sorry. Please show me the way out of this. Let's come to Him first. Let's come to Him and be led by God in all things that we don't have to run off and get down to complete empty on the tank and then say, God, fill me up again. I'm sorry I haven't come to you months ago. But let's come to Him. Let's be yoked to Him. The yoke is the the, the thing that the the old ox that knew the the ropes would, would be yoked to the new ox that didn't know how to do the work. And they'd be yoked together so that the young ox would be trained to do what the the older, more disciplined ox would do. And they'd plough, they'd learn to plough together. And we need to be yoked. We need to learn to live like Jesus. We need to see how he lives. We need to open God's Word and, and see how Jesus lived his life. To see how Jesus spoke to people. To see how Jesus got up early in the morning and went away to pray. We need to see how Jesus lived his life so that we may be yoked to him and live as he lived. And as we do, I believe there's a place to run and not grow weary. I believe there's a way to walk and not grow faint. That we don't have to live on this great roller coaster of emotion and, and, and energy levels and, and the it, it's, it's cycles in life, the seasons. But we don't have to run ourselves into the ground and then say, God, what have I done wrong? We can come to Him day by day and say, God, lead me today. Show me what it is that you want me to do today. Help me, God, to be led by you today. Teach me, God. Teach me, show me, let me listen to those voices around me that are the right voices for me to listen to so that I don't pursue the wrong things, Lord. He is humble and gentle and He loves you. The God of heaven who created the heavens and the earth the God of Israel, Isaac and Jacob. He loves you and He wants to lead you in life. I heard a speaker talking about a motto that their church had taken on and I want to share that motto with you this morning as something I want to encourage you to consider as a motto for your life and for us as a church, that we would take this on day by day, that we would let this motto be our our first thought in everything. Everything. That as we get out of bed in the morning, as we go to work, as we make that hard phone call we need to make, as we get out of the car, as we drive, as we do everything we do, I I would encourage you to consider taking on this motto for your life in everything before you do anything. And it's really simple. It's two words. Have you got your pen ready? I want you to write this down, just in case you forget. If you write it down, maybe you might remember. It's only two words. It's not very complicated, but God help us To hear it and to do it, please would you consider to take on this motto for your life in 2019. And it's just simply this, pray first. Pray first. As you get out of bed in the morning, before you get out of bed in the morning, just say, God, help me today. As you swing your legs over the side of the bed, say, Lord, lead my steps today. As you go to work in the morning, say, Lord, lead me today today. To live for your glory. As you drive the car, say, Lord, help me to be gracious as I drive today. Just reminded me of that message about giving way to the people that, you know, anyway. Pray first. As you make that hard phone call, pray first. As you go to talk to that person, pray first. As you eat your meal, pray first. And I'm not saying it has to be a law that you, you have to sit and pray a three minute prayer before you can do anything and your life suddenly becomes all interrupted because you've got to stop and pray all the time. No, I'm just saying, as you do the things you do, before you step into things, before you make decisions and make choices, just have an attitude of prayer saying, Lord, is this right? Give me a, give me a, what's that word? Positive conviction. A, a, a um, Assurance that this is the right step for me, God. Pray first. Say it together. One, two, three. Pray first. Turn the person beside you say, pray first. Will we take on that attitude this year of praying first? I love the fact that last year as we were driving to school, as we were driving down Kent's Road, I started praying and I said, God, thank you for this day. Lord, lead us. Help us to be your witnesses today. And I said, Amen. And Joseph goes to me, Dad, I knew you were going to say that. I'm like, really? He's like, you always pray going down here. I'm like, yes. (laughs) Let's have that attitude of praying first that we build into our lives an attitude of prayer that we pray first. God's called people are, are called to be a people of prayer. If we're not praying, whose leading are we following? Who's our Lord if we're not praying? We need to pray first. God wants us to live. He wants to lead us. He wants to give us rest. He loves you. He wants to lead you into the things He has for you. He wants to use you in amazing ways for His glory. And it is a privilege. It is an honor. It is such a blessing to know God and be led by Him. As we pray first, I just want to give you this encouragement that as you pray, as you surrender, as you ask God to lead you, I was talking to someone through the week about something that they were trying to make a decision about and they sort of said, what, what encouragement would you give for me in this? And I said, you know what? You've prayed about this. You've, you've thought about this. You've waited on God. God's answering your prayers. Go for it. I was like, this is awesome. Just go for it. This is great. God is providing. Enjoy it. Go for it. And go, woohoo. Woohoo. <laughs> Pray first, trust God, listen to Him, and go for it. Don't hang around waiting. Don't just sit there contemplating forever. Know that God is good. He can lead you, He can redirect you, as we talked about last year, and go for it. What a life we have to live. Every day is an adventure with God. And He loves you, and He will lead you, and He will use you, and it will be a a blessing. It will still be hard at times. But God is faithful, and He loves you, and He is good. I just ask the band to come, and we're going to sing a song called Glorious Day, because this is a glorious day to know God, to trust Him, to pray first, and to live for Him. I just want to read the words of this song to you for a moment. It says, I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb. You know, we can live in a, a tomb of shame. We can hide away and feel like we cannot be used by God, that, that we could never be an encouragement to someone else. God could never use me because I did these things. But then he says, till I met you. When we meet Jesus, when we discover who he is, what he has done for us, it releases us from our shame, that we can live for the glory of God. And he says, I was breathing, but not breathing alive. We can be alive and not truly living. All my failures I tried to hide. It was my tomb till I met you. God wants to release you from every chain that binds you. He wants to set you free from any tomb that you may be living in because Jesus has conquered sin and death. We don't have to stay in that place another minute. Cry out to God, say God lead me out of this place. Help me to remember again who you are and what you've done. You called my name and I ran out of that grave. Let's run out of any graves we may be living in this morning. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. You know, as I've been praying and thinking and reading this week and over the last couple of weeks, God's really put on my heart that this is a year of coming out of the darkness and into the light. God wants us to be a people of light and to bring light into dark places, from darkness to light, from darkness to light. Let every thought be turned from darkness to light. Let's run out of the darkness and into the glorious presence of our Saviour every day, Amen. every moment. So let's stand, but first, pray first. Well, God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you that you have set us free to live for your glory. That God, whether we're a butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker, whatever we do, God, that we can live for your glory. That as we get out of bed, as we put our feet on the ground each morning, help us to pray first. Help us to seek you. Help us to to be aware of your presence. Help us to be aware of your leading. And Lord, to live and, and be excited about what you might do through us and in us. Lord, we don't come to you for your blessings. We just thank you for the blessings you have given us. We thank you for who you are, for all that you've done. And I pray this morning that even as we stand and sing this song, that you would set people free from the tombs that they have been enslaved in that Lord, you would help them see that the chains are already broken, and that we just need to be stepping out in your Word. We need to see your Word, read your Word, and step out into the fullness of it. Lord God, we thank you for this year ahead, and we commit it to you right now, and pray that you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing. We've already